Hey guys, welcome back to Brand New Techish. Ryan Nile here, stepping in for Michael and Abadesi. We've got a mini episode for you today, which was recorded before the live show. We'll be back next week with some clips from the live show, which I'm sure you're going to enjoy. Without further ado, here's Michael and Abadesi with Brand New Techish. So one other topic I want to talk about is capitalism's war on sleep. So this article I read um, in the New Statesman, I don't really like the New Statesman, but anyways, this article I read talks about, um, essentially it comes from uh, Reed Hastings, who's the CEO of uh, Netflix. In one of his, uh, you know, meetings, I think with stockholders, he essentially said, we're competing with sleep. As in like, if you're awake for another three hours, that's three more hours of Netflix content that you can consume. Jeez. Which is not honest to God, we know this because if you think about it, evil. there's a reason why the episodes just roll into, into the next episode straight away, right? Yes. They want to keep you up. And we've all had that experience where we're like, okay, I've, I've stayed up and binge watched the whole clipping, you know, I've been watched Top Boy in like one night, basically, mm. right? Um, and then obviously with our smartphones, with, you know, um, these, these apps on our phones, like, I would say most people I know are getting less sleep than they ever did once before. Even the idea actually of like, you've got your email, so you're constantly at work. You come home and before maybe you'd come home and work is done, but now you, your boss can ping mm. you. And it just leads to an erosion of sleep. Look, yeah. And those hours that you are sleeping, because we live in, in like an attention economy where mm. our attention gets monetized, those are valuable hours for companies. They're like, yo, if we can if we can eradicate those 12 hours of sleep and yes. get five hours of sleep, that is an extra billion plus whatever on our market That's their cap. blue ocean. Yeah. Blue so ocean strategy. What do we do? How do we fight back? About? Tell me. I need to know. I mean, our... St- <laughs> okay. Let <laughs> so me just solve this for yeah, you now. Solve a massive problem. Go. Ugh, crack my knuckles. Um, is streaming the new smoking? Ah, uh, you know what? Is there going to be like big streaming? In 50 years from now, lobbying, being like, oh no, let us have infinite play. Let us have continuous play. Let us, you know, market to children and the vulnerable and the weak. And are there going to be like campaigners, advocates going down with the streaming services? They've eaten into our sleep. They've eaten into our time. And they've been sending us subliminal messages through (laughs) product placements and content. And now we're like an alt right friggin' dystopia (laughs) where we're driving Teslas, drinking Coca Cola, and eating big. Big Max. So what's the answer then? How, <sighs> how does it, how do you as an individual combat this? Like what are the tools that you might use? Is it like, you know, you don't have your phone in your room? You don't have your laptop in your room? Like- I think one, exactly to your point, we need to, we need to listen, right? When a CEO of a company that we all know and love and, and rely on mm. says that our sleep is his enemy. Yeah. We need to believe him. 100%. We need to believe that this guy yeah, yeah. is serious when he says that. And that may be that may mean that we now trust the product a little less right. and understand their incentives a bit more. Before I thought you just wanted to keep me entertained and educated, Netflix. Yeah. Now I know you want to keep me entertained and educated at the cost of my health. Yep. Because we all know that sleep um, impacts important. our mental and physical health. In fact, that we've talked about that book before, why we sleep. Right. Haven't yeah. we? Have you read Matthew it? Have you read it? I've never read it. I read it in Blinkist. <laughs> Don't no. hate on me. Why did you? Why, why do you use Blinkist? Don't like, hate on me because. So what is Blinkist? So people don't know. So Blinkist is an app, and it takes nonfiction books and summarizes them into a series of blinks. Right. So you can take a book like Why We Sleep, which like goes through like all the biology and psychology and like history and anthropology of like why we sleep, why it's important, and quotes research that shows the consequences of not sleeping enough. Right. And it might take you. Well, it depends how fast you read, but it might take you a few days to read it. Right. With a Blinkist app, you basically can read the whole book in a few minutes. Right, yeah. Um, now, of course, it's not going to probably be as good an experience as reading the whole book. But for me, it's like quite good because then I know if I want to read a book in more depth. 
Okay, so you use it almost as a taster. Yeah. And then you say, okay, I like this. I'm going to read the book in Because uh, as we said on previous episodes, I find with a lot of books, like any one thing, which so many people were like, oh my God, one thing or whatever it's called. Yeah. This is the best book I've ever read. I found it incredibly repetitive. It was. And I regretted buying it. It was literally like, oh, just focus on one thing. Turn the page. And focus on one thing. (laughs) Turn the page. Don't focus on two things or three things. One thing. Yeah. And so I was just like, that sucks. So yeah, I like using Blinkist for that reason. And anyway... To that point, I read While We Sleep on that. I've also watched the author speak on YouTube. He did a lecture at Google. And I think as individuals, as consumers, it's up to us to decide what's priority for us. Some people listening will be like, I don't need to sleep. I'll sleep when I'm dead. Right. Like, yeah, and, yeah. Okay, good on you. Maybe you have that gene where yeah. your body can like do things more efficiently in sleep, so you need less of it. Yeah. But for me... I definitely feel like, I mean, honestly, like since we started doing this show, I watch so much less stuff in general. Like I didn't oh, even listen to so many things because I feel that like <laughs> I've become so hyper aware of these things. And like when I do watch stuff, I make sure that it's like in a very like uh, in a very intentional way. Yeah. So I, I like to earn the right to watch stuff maybe at the end of the day. And right. then I like to be really thoughtful about what I watch. Yeah. And then I like to put my phone away and immerse myself in it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think the CEO of a company called Front, I've forgotten what they Monsieur do. Colin. There we go. Right. She basically gave this challenge to her employees, which is like, yeah, can you do, four, if you do 14 hours of screen time over the week, um, if you cut down to that, we'll give you like a $500 bonus essentially because they're like, it's so great for your mental health to not have that much screen time that we as a company will reward you. And I'm actually trying to do that challenge as well. I've struggled about 14. Got, so it's like just two hours a day, basically on average. On but you gotta remember, phone. I, I looked at my screen time tracking and it was like seven hours per day. Like I was real bad. I was deep in the source. Was it? Yeah, I was real bad. So now yeah. I've cut back to two hours. But anyway, sorry, you were saying like I'm two hours twenty one. Two hours twenty one. That's not bad. Everybody, I was judging you as well. You sent me your screenshot. Do you know what? This is so fun. If you're listening, please go into your screen time. Yeah. See what your last seven days average is in terms of daily use, but also how you use that time, and send yeah. us the screenshot with hashtag techish because it's so interesting. I was looking at Michael's. <laughs> I'm gonna tweet mine out like next week when this episode comes out. Okay, and then, good. And, and, and you'll his see, was like, all like social media. At least mine was like half like reading and you reading what though? Did like, you have like Kindle on your phone? I have Kindle on my phone. Ah, right. Cool. And I have Blinkist. <laughs> oh man, I philosophically can't stand uh, Blinkist. Like I find it. It just stands for everything that I'm against. Do you know what, right? So I used to be like that. Yeah. But it's so cool because I find myself on the tube a lot and I'm usually on the tube for at least 45 minutes. Coming here to record the podcast was an hour and I forget my Kindle or I forget my book sometimes and I get so annoyed if I'm just sitting doing nothing. Like I have to read. Yeah. It's hard to meditate because it's noisy. And now with Blinkist, I can start reading a book about like the secret life of octopuses or something. In five seconds. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Maybe it's honestly. It's, I feel like if you tried it, yeah, maybe you would like it. Because I think it's like yeah, it's like a taster of like yeah. Of and they're not paying me, by the way. I've already paid. They actually expenses. sponsor a lot of podcasts, by the way. Do so, they? Yeah, I might have to Let's stop talking. Yeah. Let's yeah. talking. <laughs> we love Blinkist. <laughs> <laughs> so a really great medium post by Tiffany Ashley Bell went uh, pretty viral-ish uh, across... Oh, I just have to say ish at the end of every word. Tech-ish, viral-ish. But it posed a very important question, um, which is, you know, are Silicon Valley's demo days racist and sexist? So what is demo day for those who don't know? So demo day is an opportunity for founders to go on stage for usually just like two or three minutes and right. pitch to a room full of investors, right. angels, seed investors, all the best VC funds and, you know, all the most relevant financial options will be in one room. Right. 
And it's because, you know, originally, you know, the tech industry in VC is like still relatively new, what, like 50, 60 years old. But originally deals happened through personal connections, mm. warm referral, warm intros and referrals through your network. And the demo day came about as an opportunity to scale the human interaction piece right. of the decision-making process. Because a lot of folks feel like they just want to know the founder before they make the decision. They want to hear mm. the founder speak about that. They want to gauge the enthusiasm. They want to gauge the passion. And the point that Tiffany Ashley Bell makes in this is that all the biases that we have when we're interacting with any individual remain there mm. when we're an investor at a demo day. So if we, like most data shows, believe that men are more competent leaders than women or people who speak the English fluently are more intelligent than those who don't, all these, you know, discriminatory assumptions, age, age old, accent. younger people who do better, etc. Oh, you're standing confidently. Oh, you're, you know, you don't, you're not limping. You don't have a disability. Oh, you're stronger. You're going to be a good leader. All of these like ridiculous mental shortcuts that we make that end up causing discrimination are still there at a demo day. And she recalled an example of when she was at an incubator or rather doing an accelerator program and they were practicing for demo day and one of the founders had a very strong Chinese accent and they were coaching him to pronounce words in a more American accent. And as they were doing this, people in the audience, other peers, other founders were just laughing at him. Yeah. And he has since gone on to raise $25 million for his company. Ooh, but, she, but she made the point that this discrimination it continues to exist even when it's in a demo day and you're basically going to be at a disadvantage if you don't fall into that status quo conception of what an ideal founder is. Right. Now she's making the recommendation that there's like some kind of like blind uh, stage of the process where you can like look at s stats metrics. or metrics before you make the decision to meet someone face to face. And like, while I agree with that as like a short term fix, I feel like we're still not getting to the root of the problem, which is we need to shatter these misconceptions. Right. Yeah. That is the root cause essentially, right? The human bias. But then as a, you know, in between measure, I think it would be very good to, to you know, put some kind of blind testing you know, in between, look at the metrics, look at the data, like what does the company actually do? How well are they doing? Then say, can I see what the person looks like? Because I think, you know, we work as the best example. Sometimes, you know, an average six foot white, white male can just bullshit his way through all the way to the top with billions of dollars just because he might have a certain look or he might have a certain panache or a certain way to bullshit. And if you just looked at the metrics on paper, there might be a million black women or whatever who just like have companies that are actually growing more healthily, more profitable, but they don't have the initial look that makes you think this is something I need to invest in um, so I think it's a lot of great recommendations um, and who's going to be the first uh, accelerator or fund to not say fund who's going to be the first accelerator to implement something like this I think they, they'll get a lot of brownie points yeah they can I think and they might have an advantage actually I think what we also need to remember is that you know when we hear these stories who's writing the story Right. It's still always the people affected by the problem. And yeah. the sad thing about that is that we're not actually the only people affected by the problems. We're just the people most acutely affected by the problems, for most real. intensely affected by for the real, problems. There's so much research out there that's showing the benefits of having a diverse portfolio, so much research showing the benefits of having a diverse team. First Round Capital did their 10-year review and said, oh my gosh, our female founders have outperformed the men by a ridiculous amount. Snap. They've had better retention. All the research shows that female managers over male managers do more to nurture their in the individuals in their team all this kind of stuff and despite all of that we don't really see the needle moving when it comes to where capital in it's the tech allocated. industry is being allocated 
And I think we need to try a different approach. Mm. I don't know what it is. I'm open to suggestions, but identifying the problem has been done for a long, long time. Right. And, you know, fine. If it is like, let's just make certain applications blind or whatever. At this point, I'm up for trying anything right. and measuring the results because nothing is working enough. Right. Yeah. And that's why I appreciate the article. She actually did give, you know, some concrete um, solutions. And she admitted that like, yo, maybe this isn't the perfect solution, but can we just try something? Like, do you know what I'm saying? To fix the problem. So yeah, shout out to Tiffany. That's it for this week. Hope you enjoyed that episode as always. Remember guys, Techish is on Patreon and we'd love your support. Just search Techish on Patreon or patreon.com slash techish. Peace.